arts, lifestyle. SNS Online. These women are in the news at home because they've undertaken a somewhat unusual war job. ATA. Anything to anywhere. You have to do something for the war effort. We've run out of qualified pilots. You had better make yourselves useful pilots as quickly as possible. Hello, and in our first show under the banner Rise Up Women, our special guest and SNS Online returnee, Louise Jameson, joins us to talk about the Air Transport Auxiliary, set up to help the war effort from 1940 to 1945. The ATAs, once arguably a slice of forgotten history, are now being lovingly recreated by Big Finish Productions, spearheaded by both Louise and producer Helen Goldwyn, plus a team of all-women writers. You're listening to SNS Online, and this is Squadron Leader Randall reporting for duty. Just as soon as I can land this plane. So, Louise, welcome again to SNS Online. It is such such a treat to have you back. I'm delighted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And um, let's talk about Attergirl, which is yes. the reason you're here. How did the idea for Attergirl come about? Well, years ago, um, I, I had a friend uh, uh, who brought it to me saying, what do you think about making a TV series into this? And we did a treatment and we took it to various places and everyone went, no, 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 too expensive. I mean, this was... Ah, oh, this is probably over 10 years ago, over 10 years. Um, but of course, CGI has come on incredibly since then. Anyway, I was mulling over this story with, again, David Richardson, and he went, pitch it to Big Finish. And the next day, they came back to me going, yeah, we want it. And it's it's basically about these incredibly brave, brilliant, extraordinary young women aged mainly between 18 and 28 who flew planes to the front line during World War II. If a plane went down, it had to be replaced and these were the women that took it from the factory to the front line. And they flew without radar, without sometimes without training on that particular plane. You know, they'd have learnt on a tiger moth and they'd be given a spitfire. That's, that just seems extraordinary. Extraordinary. One page of... They had a book which they called the Bible, yeah. which had one page of directions on how to fly. I mean, one wrong button and good night Vienna. You ejected yourself. And it did it? happen. One in ten of the women died. The Even our side didn't know that they were arriving, so they were shot at by so-called friendly fire, as well as by the enemy. And Pauline Gower was the woman who spearheaded it. She got equal pay for equal work. Yes, absolutely. The first woman ever very, in Britain very to topical do it. In and the we are at the moment. still fighting that battle in 2018. <laughs> How does that happen? Absolutely. These women are in the news at home because they've undertaken a somewhat unusual war job. Miss Pauline Gower is their leader and their work is to ferry new aircraft of the Royal Air Force from factory to aerodrome. All these women of the Air Transport Auxiliary are most experienced pilots, each with a record of about a thousand flying hours to her credit. This, the first section, expects to put in over 15,000 miles a week. By carrying out this duty, they are relieving the pressure of work that would otherwise fall to RAF pilots. Uh, Amy Johnson died uh, doing it. You know, mm. she's the first woman to have flown yes, around the world Yes, of course, very famous in their own right anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
so there's a there are so many stories to be tapped and the atmosphere on recording it reminded me very much of Tenko. You know, basically it's a war story about how women cope in adversity rather than the, you know, pow, 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 yeah, pow, absolutely. bombs. Although we have a bit of that as well. But yeah. twice, and I have never known this. I'm blowing my own trumpet now. Go for I it, have blow it. never known this in an audio studio. Helen Goldwyn, who produced it, and I, yeah. who directed it, walked into the green room at the end of a day's recording and the actors stood and applauded. That's and wonderful. I have never known that yeah. happen <clears throat> anywhere. Sorry, excuse me. Is this the air transport auxiliary? New recruit? Yes. Welcome to Whitewater. The menace is the woman who thinks that she ought to be flying in a high-speed bomber when she really has not the intelligence to scrub the floor of a hospital properly. Why have you framed that quote? Because I like to remind myself what we're up against. We are a small group of women pilots with a job to do. We've got an amazing sound designer called Ian Meadows who is waving his magic wand over the sort of tangled mess that we delivered to him because we had a lot of restrictions with who could be there on which day and so on and so forth. You know, Big Finish doesn't work to an enormous budget. No. But the commitment of the actors, the dedication of the actors, there were, you know, we employed 27, I think, actors, five of whom were men. So it was yeah. very female heavy. So that pesky Bechtel test, did you pass it with fly yeah. colours? Oh, didn't we just? Fantastic. Fantastic. Just? No, I'm incredibly proud of it. And we're launching it March the 8th, which is uh, Women's International Day. That's the first episode. And then there'll be three more to follow throughout the year. Spitfire is very special. You just need to touch her with your little finger and she will dance with you. Come in low. Cut the engine over the boundary head. Cut the engine over the boundary head. Float down on all three points. Float down on all three points. Now, I've noticed that you're not actually on the writer's credits for this. Is this because you wanted to oversee it initially? Yes. And it's the idea that you I might... I devised it. Sure. I had a, quite a strong hand in, in tweaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was originally going to write one, but I thought, you know, I'm directing this as well. I've got a part in it. Not yes. a big part, but I've got a little part in it, an important Rose. Part. Yeah. <laughs> so what we've done is we've bracketed the stories with contemporary story, which is linear. So there is a grandmother who, oh. who is an ex-ATA pilot, her daughter, who is me, and my daughter. One of the Oh, I need a coffee before we get settled. Uh, you go. I want to sit down. All right. Tilly, stay with Grana. Can I have an ice cream? Not yet. We've only just Don't got here. And our story, as I say, is linear. So my daughter starts at 10 years old, and by the end of the four episodes, she's off to university. Mm. So we've covered that. But it means the memories of the grandmother can dodge about anywhere. Yeah. So even if we've killed a character off, we can bring her back again yes. because our memories aren't linear. Absolutely. They pop up all over the place. And we don't even need the doctor to do that. Exactly. <laughs> we can time travel through our brain. Brilliant. Uh, so hopefully we've got a few series to go. And I've had an approach. Oh, I don't know if I should say this on air. I've had an approach from a really top-notch 
producer, television okay. producer. Oh, you see, you're anticipating all my questions, Louise. <laughs> saying, um, yes, let's meet and discuss. Well, the let's get the first series out of the way. See how it does. It'll do brilliantly. Oh, and um, wouldn't it be brilliant? But I mean, that's how that's how, how most big dramas and comedies start. They start on Radio Four yeah. or uh, Four Extra or Big Finish. Now, I mean, it's yeah. all changing in terms of what's available and what's yeah. out there. Um, so and I'm it's really just screaming my, I have butterflies in my stomach. The thought of that this baby could really, really go on. I just think these women need to be celebrated. Yes. They're unsung heroines, and they were so brave mm. and so clever and emotionally engaged and caring, really doing their bit for the boys on the front. And they, they went to hell and back yeah. with it. And, and they don't really have the recognition they deserve. Did you meet any of them? In, during your research? No. Okay. But others did. Right. And Joy Lofthouse, who was uh, an 88 She died pilot, recently, didn't she? She died the day before we started recording. Oh, so the series is dedicated to her. Yes. There's another name here I've got. Jill Farquharson, uh, who died at the age of 102. She, oh. she died just before Christmas 2017. So this is something I don't know. This, this is, is this is really recent. Um, apparently, she marked her a hundredth birthday by taking to the skies in a Spitfire <laughs> near Stroud. <laughs> God bless her. God bless her. Absolutely. <laughs> so she, I guess, is one of the last. I don't know if there's any more who are still around. But... I think there are still some around. Yes, right. and Victoria Saxton, one of our writers. Okay. As. Um, has taken to the skies herself. Right. She, as research, she took a Spitfire lesson and she's hooked. I think all of you have to be sort of attached to the plane, you know, yeah. just when your, your arms are sticking out. We should do that wing walk, shouldn't we? We should get all our actresses oh, to do the wing walk. That'd be great publicity, oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Yeah. You know, I'll be wouldn't watching be you from the ground, <laughs> waving a flag, and that's where I'll be staying. So. Do you have fear of heights? Um, I have jumped out of the plane. Have you? Uh, yeah, I, not because it was on fire or anything. It was it was a planned thing. <laughs> it was a static line. Nobody pressed the ejector. No, it was a static line jump for charity. Although I don't think I collected any of the money, so I I, I just did it without any the reason. There was rush. no real reason to do it at all. Actually, I wasn't very organised. But it was a static line jump, which means that when you jump out, your parachute automatically opens. Um, you so hope. you don't, yeah. Well, yes, you don't have to do anything. And I was far more scared of the plane crashing because it was this very lightweight uh, bouncing up yeah, and down, yeah. and all this noise. And as soon as you jump out, there's this complete quiet. You suddenly, you go from that to just bird song, and yeah, yeah. and it's it was very peaceful. I had that on the balloon ride that I did. Oh yeah, because yeah. of course you're going with the wind, so you don't hear it because you're travelling yeah. with it. That's why. But I had a, a walkie-talkie telling me um, pull pull my left toggle and my right toggle, and oh, I nice. think I think I ended up <laughs> yeah, yeah bit of a thrill. I don't know where I ended up. I ended up about half a mile from my, where I was supposed to, but not in the tree like one other person did. So I think I got away with it really. Well done. <laughs> no, I'm impressed. I don't think I could. do Well, the that. great thing is I can now put that into dinner party conversation, but I don't ever need to do it again because yes, I've done it now. Done. So it's like, Busted. yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I got my badge. So. I flew so, a plane once. That's my. Well, that's, that's why. Um, that's better than me. That's, that's it was brilliant. only a little tiny three seater, literally oh, okay. a three seater, mm -hmm. and um, I went to Barbados with um, on the back of somebody else's sugar daddy. Actually, oh yeah, hired a plane for us to go from the mainland to an island. So we're in this plane and he 
I just said, can I fly it? And he went, yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, he climbed into the back. I climbed into the front. <laughs> and I flew this back. This is back in the 70s. I don't yeah. suppose it would be allowed now. And he wouldn't let me land it. I don't know why. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't actually need, what I found extraordinary is you don't actually need to see out of the plane. As long as you keep your dials all in the right place, this mm. one level, that one vertical, this one horizontal. I trust you on that. And you, so, which I suppose enables you to fly in fog or through clouds. Mm. That's why. Yeah. That's why you just dependent on the dials. Absolutely. But it was like one of those tiny little rattly. Mm. I loved it. Fantastic. Can we book you for another interview just to talk about sugar daddies and, <laughs> and all the stuff that you don't wouldn't usually mention in interviews? <laughs> Not my sugar daddy. Okay, fair enough. Then. <laughs> You're listening to Rise Up Women, a series of six shows on SNS Online, celebrating the achievements of women everywhere and some of the many hurdles they've had to deal with along the way. All our shows are available and free to download on our SNS Online SoundCloud page with matching Twitter and Facebook pages. And you can also email us at snsonlineshow at gmail.com. Amelia, do you know what my three favourite words in the English language are? Uh, more champagne, please? <laughs> Not too bad, but no. Cold front clearance. My number one tip is not to forget your Bibles. <laughs> How will a Bible help us fly a plane? What did I say? You laughing at me? No, she didn't mean a religious Bible. She meant the very pilot's notes, and we call it the Bible. You'll each be issued one. Never go anywhere without it. It tells you everything you might need to know about flying whatever plane you find yourself in. Looking at the, all the details of, of the time, I think 173 Atta flyers were killed in service, which apparently is about one in ten. Uh, I mean, that's an awful lot of people that, that, that you're, you're honouring them. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of them sadly died landing in very adverse conditions. Mm. It's not the huge sort of heroic Crash. shot yeah. down by the Germans mm. type of story. They're, mm. they're rather, they are avoidable accidents, which, which makes it very much more of a tragedy yes. for me. Or, you know, so-called friendly fire. Yeah. Um, of course, hindsight is a marvellous thing, isn't mm. it? You, think you could have saved that life, that life, that mm. But they were so young. Yes. You know, there's, there's one. Um, w what we've done with the series is taken some real people and mixed them in with, with some um, made-up That's people. I was going to ask you, was it fictional characters, yeah? Who are drawn on. Mm. That. It's a bit like Tenko in that mm, way, which yeah. is a series that went out in the 80s about a female prisoner of war camp. Never heard of it, Louis. Every, <laughs> every base. Well, some of your listeners might not have heard of it. You know I'm a rabid, <laughs> screaming fan of Tenko. And that the, so the photo of all you uh, women when you uh, assembled for a reunion recently, I was punching the air. Oh, um, yeah, we had a great... We do, we do it a couple of times a year. Wonderful, we, we wonderful. reassemble. We may be on the path to equality for women in aviation, but we still have to take ten paces for every five that a man takes. Have you flown before? Doing this series, it must have come with a tremendous sense of responsibility as yeah. well as respect for the memories of all those individuals. How uh, detailed was your research? We did a lot mm. of work. I mean, really a lot of work. We went to the museum... Um, mm. We we read biographies. You know, there's the net's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we shared amazing stuff that we'd found. And what I loved most was the 
personal, detailed accounts, those those little tiny memories of walking in and seeing your child that you haven't seen for three weeks or here getting the telegram that said your sister's gone missing you know those and and the and the emotional effect i think that's why it's at the risk of sounding sexist i think that's why it's wonderful to have a female driven female led series like this because that's the that's the go to for the story mm. and then the war around it mm. becomes the whereas a lot of male scripts are that all the action and the drama yeah, and yeah. the kind of which you know of course is completely valid mm. but the emotional stuff is the periphery stuff oh absolutely yeah um so yes a lot mm. of and we've been as we've been absolutely as thorough as we can possibly mm. be even down to what drinks they were drinking at the Dorchester when mm. they did get down there for the dance or mm. what music would be playing in the background. Or, and Helen Goldwyn, our producer, is incredibly hot on all the music from the era and has actually, for our fourth episode, written by Jane Slavin, recorded uh, a song that becomes a, a sort of very important core to the whole story. Mm -hmm. So we have an original song set in the Oh, that's wonderful. I mean... Budget led because, of course, we can't. I mean, I'd love to use Glenn Miller as a as a backdrop to the whole. Can you not? Thing. It's just too expensive. Uh. So we, we've got a we've got a special uh, music composer on it, um, and he he said to me, "What inspiration can I? Wh where would you like me to draw my inspiration?" And I said, "From Glenn Miller and from Skylark, Paul okay. Williams Skylark, mm -hmm. and." Skylark Ascending and Wonderful. combine those two. I'm just looking at the um, the the, the, uh, the writers here. We have uh, starts with Up in the Air with Gemma Page, yeah. Dancing with a Spitfire, written by Victoria Saxon, yes. and then Flying Blind by Helen Goldwyn, who yes. I seem to remember was the next Tomorrow person on Big Finish. Yes, as, yes, as, um, yes, absolutely yeah. right. And then Jane Slavin, uh, Slavin, Slavin uh, for Grounded. Um, yeah. So that takes you up to 1945. I see. Right. Is the idea that there will be another series afterwards? Oh, please God, yes. Mm. I mean, we we need the feedback. We need the fans to go give us more, please. Mm. We need. Television interest, yeah. and but it's a fantastic first step because it must be flagged up. But Big Finish, you know, it started off as doing Doctor Who's, then it sort of branched out a little bit to the Blake Seven, etc. But this is it's almost like the, the range without meaning it in a patronizing way at all. It is really sort of growing up. You've done King Lear, for gonna say, you know, with, with David Warner, yes, and David Barnaby Wall. Edwards directing yeah. David Warner, who's. Oh, you know, I saw The Hamlet in the 60s. It's one of the reasons why I became an actress. So to to then be playing his daughter. Yeah. Uh, it, and the best daughter. That's the best daughter, really. Well, it's a hat trick for me. I've done all three now. OK. <laughs> I quite like Regan. I quite like plucking out the eyes. I she's, um, she's a bit of a minx, isn't she, <laughs> yes, that one? Yeah. Yes. I, I've written down here uh, mm. the sable Colby of daughters um, oh. to, to David Warner's Lear. So <laughs> I had to put a Stephanie Beecham <laughs> reference good. in, didn't I? So this is imminent at a girls, and you're linking this with uh, Women's International Week. Absolutely, uh, we are. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, when when it was first mooted and we talked about release dates, um, David said September, and I went, no, 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 that's far too early. Let's go for Women's International Week. But of course, he meant September 2018, <laughs> which would have given us much more time. Yeah. Um, so we. 
we've had to we've had to push hard on the post production to get it ready for this week. But I am so thrilled with the end result. Mm. I, I I can't I can't quite express mm. how exciting the series is for me. And although it's not the biggest remuneration in the world, the artistic satisfaction mm. that has come with you know giving birth to this project. Mm being part of it, being such an intrinsic part of it, and hopefully writing more in the future now that it's all set up. Um, oh, long may it last. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to promote oh, it. Absolutely. Anytime. I mean, and it's just so appropriate that one of my favourite characters in Tenko is the one masterminding this as well. <laughs> I know. We shall light a candle Hold to Blanche well, Simmons. Mistress, should we say mistress mind it? Mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, uh, Louise, and while we have you in the studio, just as a brief catch-up since you were with us last, I must say it's been quite a five years for you. Nominated, I've got here, for Best Female Performance in the Office, for Gutted, which I was privileged enough to see, for absolutely fantastic off the scale, two extensive UK tours of Agatha Christie, not as a woman who brings on the crumpets in Act 4, but as Miss Marple, which is amazing. <laughs> yes. How was that? Uh, I, I, I did her twice in the last five years. Two, yes. Yeah. And I... The second time round, I enjoyed it much more than the first. I don't think I hit it first right. time round. Oh, okay. Um, but second time round, I aged her up. I made her a bit more eccentric. I mm. did an enormous amount of knitting, <laughs> which I loved. I was very tempted to knit an incredibly long, multicolored scarf. scarf. <laughs> But I, I thought it might be a step too far. <laughs> I just remember one of your Twitter uh, updates about haven't people worked out who who the culprit is yet? We've been doing this for <laughs> eighteen weeks or something. Made me laugh. But also in terms of TV, guesting in Channel 4's Toast of London and the Mark Gatiss adaptation of Mr. James's The Tractate Middoff. Also, more pointless celebrities, and we can never get enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> and at least three plays, I think I've counted up, uh, written by your gay best friend, Nigel Fayez. So you've been, you've been pretty full on. Yeah, yeah. I actually co-wrote the last one we did. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the most important development is the writing as well as the yeah. directing that you've been involved with. Yeah. Writing credits on Doctor Who, The Omega Factor, which was your show in the 70s, uh, Survivors as well. I mean, this is fantastic stuff. And I really have to thank uh, David Richardson at Big Finish for that mm. because I'm like, no, 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 I can't. And he was going, just try. There go. Not a problem. So the first script I did with Big Finish was called The Abandoned, which was for right. Tom and me, which is about what happens to your imagined childhood friends that are so real to you when you're a child uh, when you stop believing in them. And if they really are real, what happens to them? And they form this little gang and they actually become the enemy. And I also wanted to do a story that was very um, introverted because, you know, most of the stories are outside into the galaxy. Other yeah. thing. But I wanted to bring it right, right down into the heart of the TARDIS. So and we all know that the doctor didn't that the Doctor stole the TARDIS, but that story has never really been investigated. No. So uh, mm. the wonderful Steph Cole stepped in. Oh, to be... wow. And I rang her and I said, would you do this? You know, you're supposed to go through the agent, but I thought, well, I'll ring her mm. directly because I know her from Tenko. Oh, absolutely. And... Um, and she said, yes, I'll do it. I went, well, you haven't read the script yet. And she said, darling, she said, it's in the TARDIS. I meet Tom Baker and you wrote it. What's not to like? <laughs> and there we were, done. That's and then fantastic. after that, they've said, um, 
now try writing one on your own. Now yeah. try, and so, and I've just been commissioned to write four for me and Tom last wow. week. You know, a four part or a, a yeah, yeah, on the four, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. complete, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So I'm oh, well. couldn't be more thrilled. So, Louise, thank you so much for joining us yet again on Scratch and Sniff. A oh, um, little pleasure. reminder of what, what else is happening at the moment, just as a little... Oh, I'm currently um, uh, about to open in a play called uh, Vincent River, mm-hmm. which is at the park in Finsbury, the Park Theatre in Finsbury, uh, which I've been to many times. Um, it's quite a... Or they might be cross with me for saying this, but it's quite a a, a lovely place. You know, um, Serene Richardson's one of the mm. patrons, and you know it's been and Judy Dench helped promote it when it mm. first opened. What happened to her? Uh, what happened to her, <laughs> darling woman? Um, so I'm incredibly thrilled. It's a two-hander. It's very dark. Uh, this woman, uh, she's being stalked by a very young man, and she invites him into her apartment. And then we find out why. Mm, okay. Why they've both arrived at where they are. Mm. It's it's um, it's not a happy play, but mm. oh my goodness, it touches the human condition. Well, some of your best things. I mean, I don't really. I'm trying to think of any high kicking sitcoms, <laughs> broad <laughs> stuff. I don't really equate. I've done a fair bit of Aikbourne in my time. Oh, I love Aikbourne. Yes, which is you know I know it can be uh, criticised for being quite formulaic, but mm. I think there's a there's a big place oh. in our theatre. Seasons for... Greetings one of my favourite yes, plays. I, I yes, adore it so yeah. much. But and and beautifully observed, isn't totally, it? Totally, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, Louise, thank you so much. Um, it only remains for me to give you your celebrity goodie bag, your Ooh, second I one. Can't wait. There we go. Oh, my goodness. The bag reminded me... <gasps> Champagne! Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, the bag reminded me of the outfit you wore as Leela in Dimensions in Time at oh, EastEnders do, crossover. Do you know they're talking about making a... A spin of Blue, what's it called? Blue... Blu-ray. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you know. I... Uh, yeah, you. I'll leave you to comment on that. Well, okay. Scratch no, we're just, we're just interesting. But <laughs> Leela suddenly learnt words like menagerie, and I. Uh, I know. What a script! What a script, eh? I know. Oh gosh. Anyway, Louise Jameson, thank you so much. Thank you for my goodie bag. Our thanks again go to the glorious Louise Jameson, also Helen Goldwyn, Jenna Page, Victoria Saxon, Jane Slavin, David Richardson, and all at Big Finish Productions. As a Girl is now available as a digital download. Our next show features author and historian Diane Atkinson. But until then, from me, Nick Randall, goodbye.